drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown, Detroit Lions, Marvin Jones. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on everybody? Uh, Back here for the Fantasy Football Flavor Show. Now, uh, right off the top, I know I told you guys I was going to try to get a show out Monday mornings, Wednesday mornings for the Kool-Aid cast, and then Friday morning for the second uh, Detroit Kool-Aid cast where we talk Alliance. That is the game plan. I'm still trying to get my schedule together a little bit. And me and Grifka are actually going to be hitting the road for the Lions-Packers game, heading to Green Bay. Going to be there in Lambeau next Monday night. So until we get done with that road trip, um, my schedule has been a little bit crazy. But uh, like I say, I'm back here uh, knocking out a fantasy football podcast for you guys. So so, um, like I say, just bear with me while I kind of get my schedule together. And then you'll be seeing those shows in the morning once I uh, figure out. Also been trying to figure out, like, how do I do? it uh, by Monday morning when uh, we still got games going on to late Sunday night. We've got a Monday night game, but uh, I'm going to do my best to sort of knock out a show and then, uh, you know, pump you up a little bit for that Monday night game uh, each week is kind of my plan. So anyway, um, right off the top here, let me go ahead and uh, <clears throat> let me go ahead and let's see. Let's see if I can get you guys a quick two minute drill. So in week five of the NFL schedule, there were some players again that absolutely won you your fantasy week all by themselves. I mean, did anybody sneak Will Fuller in their lineup last minute? <laughs> oh man, I did. Uh, actually picked him up off the waiver wire, I think the day before, was sitting there at about 12, 1230 and was like, I think I want to put Will Fuller in. I think he can ball out and I heard Kenny Stills was out. So I was like, oh yeah, he can get some footballs. He got a few footballs, 14 catches, 217 yards, and three touchdowns. Oh my gosh, I think I saw a stat. It was the most, um, the biggest fantasy output in the last decade. Like it was top three or something, which is crazy. So Will Fuller, absolutely crazy. Then the opposite side of the coin, um, I'm in my pro football focus league. I'm having a, a great week, a big, great battle. I'm up, you know, heading into the uh, late game on Sunday. The only guy the other guy has basically is Aaron Jones. What does Aaron Jones do? 107 and four touchdowns. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, over 200 total yards, three touchdowns. Amari uh, Cooper, over 220 some yards receiving and a touchdown. Incredible. Um, crazy injuries. Sammy Watkins barely plays one down and then he's out for the game. Mason Rudolph, anybody saw that hit, that was just nasty, absolutely KO'd him for the game. James Washington, my guy, uh, ended up getting injured too, I had snuck him in a few lineups thinking him and Rudolph would connect on a deep touchdown, that didn't happen. Wayne Gallman out for the Giants, but it looks like Saquad's Barkley is heading back, which is incredible, so uh, the guy healed up crazy. 
Oh, it was a crazy week five. Had some ups and some downs. Uh, looking forward to the road trip to Green Bay and week six of the NFL schedule. There's my two-minute drill. Uh, try to get in what I could for you. So let me expound on it a little bit. Like I say, uh, incredible. In one of my big leagues with all my good buddies. Um, threw Will Fuller in last minute. The guy dropped, <laughs> I think it was like 57 points or something, 59, something like that in this ESPN league that we do. And uh, got me the W. I'm now uh, tops. I think I'm going to be uh, top of the food chain in that league, so that was good. But like I say, the other side of the coin, losing in my pro football focus due to Aaron Jones. Listen to this. The guy who was playing in pro football focus had Fuller, Aaron Jones, and, uh, gosh, who was his other receiver? Cooper Cup. Between those guys, I think he had 150 points total just in those three guys. And I still only lost by, like, 10 points or something small like that. So that, that just shows you fantasy football. It's unpredictable. I mean, even Amari Cooper really didn't do a ton until the end of the game, and he ends up with this crazy stat line. So, you know, who who knows how it shakes out. Like, like here's my big beef. This is my little rant for the, for the week in fantasy football. So, like, you do all your homework. You enjoy the draft. You think you got a great team, you know. And then, like I always say, then the games start. And then you're, you know, you're losing matchups because you, you left somebody on your bench. You're losing matchups because you got somebody on your bench. You're getting injuries right off the bat to your top players. Or, on the flip side, you go into a matchup where you're supposed to lose by 50. You're just like, man, this is going to be a tough week. I really don't have a chance. And sure enough, all your guys ball out. You know, the other team gets some injuries. You end up, like, winning or even killing the other team. Like, I'm starting to feel like fantasy football, as fun as it is, you know, and as much as we, like, want to know football, want to draft the best team, want to manage it well through the whole year. It's just so crazy how the uh, the randomness of every NFL week, like I always yell at Grifka on the Kool-Aid cast, like he thinks you should just blow people out, just score 40 points a game. And I'm saying like every NFL week, I have no idea what's going to happen. Like, you know, the Lions versus Chiefs, everybody thought they had that figured out. Look what happened. Like uh, last night's Sunday night game, you know, you're thinking the, the Colts are all beat up and the Chiefs are at home and they end up losing. You know, you... Barkley, Saquon Barkley, supposed to be out six, eight weeks, supposedly is what we hear. He's gone like two or three. So I'm just starting to feel like the NFL is completely unpredictable. I I feel like fantasy football, like, yeah, you have to put in your best lineup every week. Yeah, you have to do some good waiver wire pickups. But you basically put in the best lineup you can and just wait to see what happens. And, And that's always been my beef with the playoffs. I feel like fantasy football playoffs, you you work hard for... 10, 12, some leagues even go, I think, 13 weeks, you know, you might end up at the top of the food chain, like, man, I, I was I was 10 and 2 for the season, and then you get into a fantasy football playoff matchup one week only, and you got a few injuries, maybe the game starts, and your top running back, you know, tweaks his knees out for the whole game, and you end up losing, and your whole season, gone, just like that, like, gosh, I... I, I don't know. I mean, people will say the counter is like, well, that's the NFL. I agree. Like, you know, well, what do you think when the top seed comes to the NFL and it's one game on a Sunday and anything can happen? Well, yeah, I mean, I get that. But I just feel like you never really get rewarded for 12 hard weeks of work and fantasy. It's all about can you get in the playoffs and on that those 
two to three weeks, can your team be hot or be good so you can win a championship? I mean, I hate to boil it down to that, but not only does that what it's is what it seems like, but here we are. You know, like I'm I'm going over these guys that are blowing up every week. I mean, basically, if you have Aaron Jones, Fuller, Christian McCaffrey, like you win no matter what. You know, like I, I doubt there's many teams that face those guys that end up coming up short. And the people that played them, you know, like McCaffrey's a no doubter, but Fuller's a guy you sort of either had in your lineup but you didn't. And if you did, you know, congratulations. You know that that's a W. So it's a, it's a big crapshoot. There's no doubt. I mean, it's still fun to try to figure it all out. But, uh, man, you know, I'm I'm sitting here in 8, 10 leagues, whatever it is, and uh, every week, you know, there's a couple leagues I'm super surprised about. There's a couple leagues I sit there and go, like, how, how did I not beat that team? And then there's always a couple, too, that go, like, right down to the wire. It ends up being, you know, a play here, play there, just like the real NFL where either lost or won based on the last couple plays, maybe on a Monday night game or something. So, oh, man, NFL's random. Now, I don't have all the details on these injuries, but let me do some more in-depth on these injuries before we hit the break. And then I got an interesting topic once we come out of the break for you. So the injuries I picked up on from the offensive side of the ball, like here we are, we're going into Sunday night football. You know, I've got this guy in a few leagues all week. You know, Sammy Watkins is questionable. You know, he blew up in week one. He's kind of been, you know, pretty crappy since. You know, like he's questionable. But I I figured he'd play, and I figured this was a great matchup. Sure enough, you know, you get the alert on your phone. Sammy Watkins is active. I'm I'm like, all right, that's cool, because... I really need him to have a a good game, which for Sammy is, you know, 75 and a touchdown, you know, 120, no touchdown. You know, those type of numbers are kind of what you get from the guy. Big play here or there, and maybe he gets it into the end zone is a, is a good week. And uh, so they say he's playing, so I, I put him, I leave him in on a couple of my teams. Gosh, man, this guy... I think he played one. I saw him out there for the opening snap. And then by like snap three, I'm like, where's Sammy Watkins at snap eight? Why is Sammy Watkins still not out there? Sure enough, like he went out there literally for a couple snaps and he's in the locker room for who knows what with this guy. Like I I told myself going in this year, I'm kind of like, man, you always like play the upside with Sammy Watkins. And he always has something that holds him back. And he's never even put up a good season anyway, where you're really blown away. So you know, that's what it comes down to with players for me sometimes. Like, I like to project the upside, but you got to at least do it once or twice for me to be able to be like, man, remember that, that year where he had 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns? You know, Sammy Watkins has always been the what-if guy or maybe this year guy. And, gosh, he just isn't staying healthy. And if you can't score a bunch of points with Patty Mahomes, you got issues, you know. So he's a guy I consider definitely – sit on your bench these days not only due to injury but just because I think we're all starting to see he's Sammy Watkins he'll probably be cut by the Chiefs after this year and uh, who knows where if he lands anywhere just based on his track record so so Watkins hurt again you know gosh if you're watching this Pittsburgh game I mean I don't know if I've seen a nastier hit Mason Rudolph took I mean the guy got blown up and then his helmet kind of like Hawkinson just bounced off the turf the guy was was KO'd for a while on the on the uh, on the ground there. You know, 
It's too bad because, you know, we know Big Ben's out for the whole year. I feel like, hey, man, they're fine. Not only are they fine with Rudolph, he looks like a good promising, you know, blueprint-type quarterback. But he's got his boy James Washington there. He played college ball with. So I was like, man, they're going to get it together. It might not be that first week or two, but by midseason, they're going to be dynamic. Well, you know, we'll see how long he's out. I think I heard some good reports that he was at the facility or he was doing okay. But, man, it looked ugly and uh, you just never know. But Pittsburgh definitely needs him at quarterback. And then I also had James Washington in a few of my lineups. And I guess he went down with a shoulder injury. Like, I was, ex- he, he had a couple of big splash plays, too. I remember I was like, oh, there we go. There's James Wash making some plays. And uh, shoulder issue for the guy like that's not good because he's always going downfield, going up to get the football. So... Not sure how serious it is. And then, like I said, man, the crazy recovery of Saquon Barkley. Uh, this guy, Saquads, man, he's a he's an absolute specimen. Uh, I have him in a few leagues, and uh, gosh, he hasn't even got going this year, and he's still just on a bad game. He puts up like 75 and a touch, or 75 <clears throat> along with some receiving yards, so... The fact that he's back, I'd love to see him play Thursday night against the Patriots. That'd be great. But uh, we'll wait and see because there's all those positive reports about him and then he didn't play. So, you know, I, I don't have any other notes on any other huge injuries. I might be missing a couple. You know, like I said, Chris Godwin balled out as well. Seven catches for 125 and two TDs. I mean, I remember heading into the season, Mike Evans was like, man, it, you know, Chris Godwin might be the number one. You know, he kind of said it half funny but half like damn this guy comes out and practices every day like Mike Evans couldn't either keep up or was having trouble holding this guy off I mean Godwin's been the guy there in Tampa you know I I think Mike Evans had one huge game for sure and he's played pretty well Um, I think he put up a goose egg this week I'm not sure if he's hurt or what I I didn't see him on the injuries but um, zero for zero will kill you so you know Godwin balled out I still feel like Jameis Winston is a little bit of a Gosh, you know, I always wanted to believe in the guy, but the more I watch him, too, I feel like he's going to have these crazy weeks every once in a while, but he's also going to kill you with interceptions. He's going to, you know, forget what team he's throwing it to half the time. And, uh, gosh, I just don't see him being a a top-flight NFL quarterback based on a lot of different factors. So, you know, yeah, they got some talent there. Yeah, Bruce Arians likes to throw it around. But I'm starting to definitely feel like the the upside of Tampa Bay is kind of, hmm, you know, in regards to their skill players as well as their quarterback. But, uh, yeah, those are the people that balled out. Those were the um, injuries I saw. And, like I said, that was my week in fantasy football. Probably two, three good wins. I was like, yeah, that, that's a good W right there. And then at least two um, where it's just like crushing losses with the Aaron Jones putting up four touchdowns. And, uh, you know, there's just the one league on reality sports online, which I told you guys all about. I hope you guys uh, signed up or have been enjoying that. If not, you got to check them out next year. No doubt. Reality sports online.com. But there's, there's the one league there where I'm the double champ, the, the back to back champ. And then this year, I, I still love my lineup. My starting lineup is still, now that everyone's back and healthy, it's basically like, you know, Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, Melvin Gordon, Saquads, uh, Mixon, and my receivers, Odell, Hopkins. Uh, I got Galladay. I've got uh, Diggs. You know, I've got um, Josh Gordon. I've got Watkins. You know, all these people uh, that are playmakers. 
and I can't find a W in that league this year. And again, back-to-back champ trying to defend my crown. I'm coming up short every week. Even this week, I played an incredible week, put up great numbers. I play against uh, Christian McCaffrey and a couple other crazy players, and I, I come up short. I end up losing by, you know, a small margin. So, oh, those are tough. Like I say, you always kind of remember the losses, you know, more so than the dubs that you get. But, uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a tough year. I, I am glad that one ESPN league I've been doing for a long, long time with a bunch of buddies, Keeper League, all that good stuff. I've, I needed a bounce back in that league, and me and the Big Hughes, I think, will be at the top of the standings after this week is said and done. So we're not only having a showdown this next week, but we just keep telling each other, man, hopefully this year in fantasy football we can have a showdown in the championship in a couple matchups because me and him always have fun talking fantasy football and always want to just compete and be the best, no doubt about it. So. We will uh, hope and see how that shakes out here as the year progresses. And once we get into those playoffs, it should be interesting. So let's do this. Let's go ahead and get our sponsors in here. We'll get them in. Please support them. Please listen to those ads. Please keep uh, listening to this podcast as as, as well as the Detroit Kool-Aid cast where we talk Lions twice a week. Um, Really helps us out. You know, share it with a friend. You know, tell people about it. Uh, me and Grifka love joking, arguing, having fun, talking Lions football. And then I'm just kind of getting in my groove here with this fantasy football podcast where I'm giving you guys some some things to think about. You know, you can always check out my article on uh, Lions Wire, USA Today Lions Wire. comes out Thursday mornings, the Fantasy Football Weekly, where I'm talking injuries. I'm talking top performers. I'm talking matchups. I'm talking Detroit Lions fantasy impacts. I'm talking everything uh, there that you can check out in a quick summary can read it while you're uh, having your breakfast there in the morning and uh, all that good stuff. So uh, please support us. Uh, it helps us keep this show going as well as the other shows as uh, as well as just fun interacting with you guys on Twitter and all types of stuff. So you can hit me up at Derek Okri, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E on Twitter and uh, send me your questions, chat, ha- have some jokes. Uh, people still sending in the Crusoe uh, one-liners, which I always think are hilarious on there too. So, um, Let's go ahead and get those sponsors in. I'll come right back with an interesting topic that you don't want to miss. I'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, everybody, back here on the Fantasy Football Flavor Show on the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast platform. Um, so I've been I've been trying to tell you guys about topics that like might interest you or strategy. You know, I know some of my buddies who've listened to this are probably getting all my little nuggets that uh, I try to do behind the scenes to get those W's, but I've been giving you advice, giving you like things to think about. You know, I think the other week, what did I talk about? Like how to stack players. I talked about, um, you know, how to use that IR spot to your advantage, stuff like that. So today I put another one on here that I think not a lot of people think about, but it's pretty important and kind of a, a tricky, unique way to, to maneuver your roster. So today I want to talk about when and how you cut a player. So every week, you know, people are, you know, the week ends on Monday night, Tuesday, you kind of get those results. And then by Tuesday, you're sort of having to put in your waiver claims. And usually by Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, that first um, set of waiver claims clears. So usually people are freaking out, you know, oh, this guy didn't perform, drop him. You know, let's pick up this hot guy on the waiver wire or has a good projection. I'm much more the guy that sort of waits it out. You know, I'll kind of look at my lineup. Do I got any major injuries? You know, do I have any any issues across the board they need to address? So I'll look at those. Then then I want to see, is there a really quality player out there that's available? You know, if there's a top guy that somebody let go or a guy that is a plug-and-play starter, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll go after him and try to add him to my team. I know the other, gosh, what was it, two years ago? I, when Carrion was a rookie, you know, one of my other buddies had drafted him in this keeper league where we have a rule where you can, if you draft obtain a guy in their rookie season you can keep them in what's called a dynasty rookie spot so you can basically keep them forever in that slot if you obtained them in that rookie season so it's a pretty important spot you know some guys that had you know andrew luck there for years you know other guys are hanging on to uh, the kamaras of the world in that spot you know somebody who got barkley you know is like gonna put keep them in his rookie slot forever so this one guy I drafted carry on, I remember in the draft, I was kind of like, oh man, I was like looking to get him, but obviously he hadn't done anything yet. So the first couple games he came out, didn't do anything, was splitting time with LeGarrette Blunt. Somebody cut him. So again, too early to cut. You don't cut talents like that They're in good situations. So, so I went in big, you know, I was just like, that's a guy I want in my rookie slot. I went in, I basically spent my entire waiver budget, you know, where you actually have like $200, $100 of fantasy money and you plug in, you know, however much you want to pay for a guy to try to get him off waivers. That's kind of where things are going nowadays, more so than, um, you know, the old style, which was like the worst team would just get whoever they wanted. Now it's much more of a bidding process. And I'm fine with the, with the bidding. You know, I, I feel, I feel like it's tough sometimes because I, I do feel like when the worst team gets a first waiver claim, you know, it kind of evens out the league, whereas... Some people, they either don't spend the time or don't know how to use their waiver budget. You know, they might be the worst team in the league, and then the best team is always getting, like, a really good free agent because they just know how to use their dollars and, and pay attention a lot more. But, like I say, back to my point. So, with carry-on, I basically put my whole budget on him. I won him. Now he's in my rookie slot. Now he's panning out to be a, a really good running back on top flight, number one um, type running back. So, like, that's when you go in big. But what I want to talk about today is, like, so when do you cut a guy and then when do you also, like, cut a guy to obtain another guy? How do you do it? So, my thing is only cutting a player, you know, after he's consistently shown 
you know, throughout a year that or his career that there's issues. So let's say, like I said, I'm getting to the point with Sammy Watkins where, you know, he's still too good to totally cut, but he's not only from starter to bench, you know, in, in kind of more of a standard league, like he's bench to, okay, if he really is hurt for multiple weeks or, or even if not, you know, it might, if there's a better player, I'm looking to replace him. So, you know, I, I don't want to quit on guys too early. I don't want to like see an injury that's only a week or two and say, oh, I got to move on from this guy when you know holding him for that week or two that you can get by based on your roster size, your your current lineup. You know, there's leagues where, like, I didn't have Melvin, but I had other players. So, of course, like, I'm just going to kind of ride it out with Melvin and wait till he gets back up to full speed and then still have a great football player. You know, I'm not going to move on from him just because he was out for a while or some of these guys that will have injuries for – you know, probably like the four week mark is sort of, you know, one of my barometers. Like if, if you have a guy that's out four plus weeks, you know, that's more than a quarter of the fantasy season. You know, it's probably, especially in a redraft league, you're going to want to move on. But if they're out a week or two with some uncertainty, you definitely want to hang on to them and hope that, you know, all shakes out well. So look at your lineup, you know, gauge those injuries as well as like, look at who your backups are. That's why I always preach depth because, the only way you can stash good players for multiple weeks is if you have depth and can plug in another guy that will get you points and hopefully get you W's. But the tricky thing that I also want to address today is like, when do you cut a guy? So let's say the Tuesday rush comes, you know, into Wednesday, that first push. I usually will wait, you know, not do waiver claims if I don't have any pressing needs. But let's say I maybe have a few guys out there on waivers where I'm like, that might be an upgrade to somebody that I currently have. So the tricky part I'll do, and you have to sort of know what your league settings are or whatever, is like I'll wait till the very end. You know, I'll keep my eye on the guy. Let's say, you know, my one league, you know, you can pick up people, you know, on Sunday morning for free, basically. You know, they they already went through the waiver claims. You know, we took them. You can go add and drop as you want after that, which, which I still think is the best way to go. I mean, you shouldn't have to bid on guys every day. You know, once, once the bidding process goes and nobody wants a guy, he should be free in my opinion to go grab, you know, or free in the, in the way that maybe you have to spend a buck on, you know, that, that dollar minimum. I'm fine with that too. But this random bidding process after he's basically already went through the first ringer, I don't like, um, I do think if it, whenever a guy is cut, he has to go through that day wait, you know, whatever it is, so everybody can, can oh, hey, they cut so-and-so, everybody has a day to sort of put in a bid if they want. You know, I don't like where, you know, guys cut and immediately available. That's not fair because somebody might just be on the website more than others or whatever. But um, what I do, if I'm kind of like just want to upgrade a position or like I'm hesitant to drop a guy don't want somebody else to get them. What I'll do is just wait till that final day. And like I say, in my one league, it's Sunday um, mornings. You can pick up people. And that's when I'll do my pickups because then I know too that that player's not going to come back and bite me that week. Like let's say let's say you had Will Fuller this week, but you were ready to get rid of him. You know? Instead of getting rid of him on a Wednesday where somebody else could have added him to the, their team and, and absolutely killed you or killed another person in their league by playing him, you know, let's say you're like, man, I, I like Will Fuller, but I'm ready to cut him. I, I don't think he's going to do anything. If you use my strategy and drop him as late as possible, not only 
can nobody else probably pick him up in time to play them either against you or in their league that week. Uh, the really sneaky part is, so let's say you drop a guy on Sunday morning, pick up somebody else. Okay, now that guy's frozen where he can't be played by anybody or picked up, and he's frozen until waivers again. So let's say you drop Will Fuller, nobody can pick him up, he blew up. Now you at least have a chance to go back and get him again, you know, um, on Tuesday or Wednesday night, whatever it is, whenever your waiver's clear. So, you know, he had such a great game, maybe you think he's going to be great the rest of the year. You go back in waivers and you pay huge to try to get him back. So basically you didn't even lose him. You just you just cut him, froze him, and then got him back afterwards because you strategically cut him rather than, well, let me cut him on Wednesday and pick up, uh, gosh, who's like a mid, mid-level mid receiver that's decent. I mean, picked up, you know, one of the Packers guys, you know, Geronimo Allison. Let's say he's out on waivers in a short league. You know, that's just a roll of the dice, whereas – you know, some of these other players are good people, but maybe they're hurt. Maybe they're guys you want to cut because you want need to add a guy. And just do it as late as possible. You know, figure out what those loopholes or what those deadlines are in your league and play them to your advantage. So, you know, if I don't need to cut a guy on, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, why would I? Same thing with Thursday night football. Let's say you have a guy in your roster that plays on Thursday, but you're, one, not playing him. He's on your bench. Or two, he's eh, he's iffy, or he maybe hurt a little bit. Don't drop him on Tuesday or Wednesday, um, where another team could at least pick him up and stash him in their lineup. Especially if he's a good player, like wait till you know Thursday morning, drop him, pick up another guy, and that way the 24 hours won't clear. He will be f- not able to be picked up. His game will pass on Thursday night, so then he's frozen all the way until waivers again. You know what I mean? Those are the kind of tricky things you do just so if you need to cut a guy you can but you can also maybe get him back or you can just manipulate your roster that way so you know when you cut a player how you cut a player as well as looking around and and knowing like hey if I let this guy go you know let's say it's a a mid upper mid receiver you know you almost need to know in your league is there another team or two that is dying at receiver if so if I cut this guy, are they just going to pick him up and is it going to benefit their team? Same with, you know, trading. Uh, you know, I don't I don't scour my leagues looking for well, hey, who's weak at running back, who's weak at receiver, and try to trade. Some people are good at doing that. But let's say I'm getting about ready to get rid of a guy, but you know, he's good. You know, he's a good player. He's been good in the past or he has a lot of upside. Before I cut him loose or before I move on from him, I may look to see, <clears throat> you know, who – who might be looking for running back, wide out, whatever it may be, and check with them. You know, hey, uh, you know, any interest in Sammy Watkins? And just see what they say. And if they say no or there's absolutely nothing, just say, okay. You don't even say, like, well, I'm about to cut the guy. You just kind of check in with them, see what they're thinking, if they have any interest. And if you're going to cut him anyway, that's where you make a minor deal. You're just like, hey, give me uh, give me so-and-so. Um, gosh, what was it? Classic example of that. 
I hate to call him out on the podcast, but you'll probably enjoy it. So Frank Ribble, uh, well-known on Twitter, as well as a, a start supporter of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Uh, <laughs> he uh, He's in the Kool-Aid League, the Detroit Kool-Aid cast fantasy league. And, uh, man, I've been scouring for a defense because <laughs> I waited in this 20-team league and only had the Oakland Raiders the last defense drafted, and there's nothing else to pick up. So I was like, man, I need to find a way to get a defense, but I really don't want to give up anybody good. So Frank was screwing around trying to get a quarterback left, right, and center. And I watched him. You know, he put out a few tweets about it. He put out a few messages. And uh, I heard he was getting close to deals with a few other teams. So I was like, I was like, hmm, let me let me look. So so I have uh, Carr and Andy Dalton on my roster. And I'm like, hmm, I could maybe give up one of those guys for Frank's defense. Maybe he'd give me another piece, you know, like an offensive skilled player that might help me. Uh, but sure enough, I waited super late in the week, and right when word came out about Darnold not playing, I went up and I picked up Luke Falk. And because I knew Frank Ribble, you're my guy, Frank, <laughs> was in desperate mode, I was like, hey, Frank, uh, you know, I got I got Falk. Uh, how about you just throw me that defense? We'll call it good. You know, making it sound like it was nothing, but me really needing a defense, especially when he had the Houston Texans, which I like their defense, as his backup. And sure enough, uh, Frank hit accept on that trade. Um, you know, Luke Falk did what I figured Luke Falk would do, which is have a pretty terrible week. Um, you know, d- didn't want to give Frank a bad player, but I just knew Luke Falk wasn't really that good for the Jets. But Frank, you know, didn't have any other options. All his quarterbacks were injured, and he needed to get somebody in that lineup and couldn't make deals with other people. So for him, it was kind of a roll of the dice he had to do, as well as, you know, just needed somebody. So... Like I say, that's kind of the the way I work it, where you're sort of trying just to not only be smart, but, you know, just kind of maneuver things, figure out, you know, a lot of times with my trades, it's just a matter of somebody coming to me and saying like, hey, you know, what do you, would you trade so-and-so? And I will say, sure, you know, uh, willing to negotiate or whatever, and then see where they're at. You know, a lot of times I'll be like, ah, oh, no, that's not enough, or no, I, I, I'd rather just keep them. But sometimes, you know, a trade can happen just from those quick messages. So I, I don't go out and search it or even waiver wire. You know, I'm not out there, you know, multiple times a week just trying to see who's available. I just duck in if I know I got injuries or I know I have times. But I also, if I'm going to cut people, if I'm going to maneuver my roster, I try to be as tactful as I can. So, like I say, the minute I saw Vance McDonald, um, no, Christian Kirk was out, I put him in my IR slot so I could pick up another receiver. Now, if you go back and look at my big league, that receiver happened to be Will Fuller, who went for, uh, let's see here, 217 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, basically, uh, you know, helped me big time. So uh, that's just adding a player because I, I had an open roster spot, and that player ended up going in my starting lineup and being incredible. So that that's that's probably the best lesson I could give or best example right there of some, you know, manipulating your roster and being able to do so. You can also do that on waiver wire and uh trades and all types of stuff so that that's the just the topic i wanted to get into today uh i think i'll just hit you with those um top performers gave you some injuries and uh, just that topic on how to manipulate your team via the waiver wire when to cut guys how to cut them and uh you know tactful ways to do it so that you can not give up players that will come back to haunt you later 
So everybody, uh, thank you so much for listening. Hit me up on Twitter with your fantasy football questions as well as Detroit Lions stuff. Uh, I love talking football. And uh, we will be back. Uh, gosh, we'll have to figure out how to do one next week. Me and Grifker are going to try to do a couple podcasts on the road as well as maybe at the Lambeau parking lot. We'll see how all that shakes out. But uh, should be a fun week the next couple weeks uh, talking Lions and talking fantasy football. So thank you so much, everybody. Take care. I'm out. Drink it in.